All right, welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. I'm Connor, and I'm here as always with Calvin. Hello there. And uh, we're overjoyed to have Katya on the show again. Thank you for coming back. It's good to be back. And we're talking about Belfast. Uh, the Academy Awards just happened, and so we're covering some of the uh, Best Picture nominations. And this movie, I think, impacts Irish people really well. To me, it was just kind of a movie, but it, it kind of covers the conflict between... Um, Protestants and Catholics in uh, the kind of secession of Northern Ireland from Ireland at that time. It was directed and written by Kenneth Branagh, and it is seems like autobiographical in a way, like kind of his experience with it. And again, I, I feel like this is probably a great story if you're from that area or you're familiar with the history of, of what happened. I didn't know a ton about it, and I, I still found it enjoyable, but it was just kind of a, it was kind of just a neat little movie without knowing a ton about it but uh calvin what's your first thoughts on this movie yeah i think of it as a it's an ode to a hometown um a coming of age place for kenneth and i think that really extends to the perspective of the character and of the family and while you have these things going on the troubles are going on around them it's not the point because it's really about what he remembers and i think that's such an interesting way of looking at a deeply nuanced conflict through the the eyes of a child right right uh, Katya, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I agree. I think it was definitely this homage to Belfast from someone you know who loved Belfast and had such fond memories of it, and kind of his glamorized experience as a, a nine-year-old boy and trying to come to terms with everything. So I really enjoyed it overall. I thought it was very touching. Yeah, I think it's set up really well. Like you said, it's like a ode to the hometown by having it start in color and showing. Belfast, but not even like the bustling streets of Belfast. It's like the, the I don't think there's any people in any of those shots. Yeah, it's just like it's like dockside. It looks and it's I I liked I liked how it was set up that way. Um, well, interesting on that too is also filmed during COVID, right? So I heard like some notes on there wasn't anybody there. There was no planes. There wasn't really anyone outside. Okay, yeah. Oh, that would make sense. There were yeah. street shots too. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Man, I can't wait to go back and like in a few years and be like, oh yeah, this was a COVID movie. I know, mm-hmm. right? You could tell some of like the disjointed editing and oh, there was a period in between filming for this. It's what a crazy time to be alive. Random Mm -hmm. movies with masks. Right. (laughs) Yeah, like random shots at the end. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So it had a budget of 25 million. It made 45. So I mean, it it did all right. It's only an hour and 38 minutes. Like I said, it's just kind of a nice little movie. And I, you guys didn't watch the trailer, but Calvin had mentioned to me that we should review this one and I did. And it's just that like everlasting love song playing. And it almost, I, I want to say it doesn't even show the boy, it doesn't show Buddy very much in the trailer. Mm. And so I went into this thinking, I was like, well, this is going to be a weird pick. This is going to be like a musical. And so when I turned it on and it, it turns out to, like I said, like kind of be in like a memory that the director had of his time in Belfast, like growing up there. And it, it turned out to be just completely different than what I was expecting. I was not expecting a, a Protestant and Catholic conflict. Uh, again, because I just don't know a ton about the history of that time. But it's essentially a story of a, a family and the mounting violence in their own neighborhood between Catholics and Protestants and these Catholics being singled out. And, uh, you know, there's like Molotov cocktails flying around and exploding cars. And again, it seemed not like the movie I was expecting, but it, it ends up being kind of a story. It's like, are they going to stay or go? What role does like the family play in this? Are they being torn apart? The buddy wants to kind of stay because, you know, he he's interested in a girl and he has his grandparents there. And so there's like this struggle in like in his own life. Um, and that's kind of like the, that's the conflict built into the movie. It's, it's, it's less about Catholics and Protestants just 
in a combative way. It's more how is this affecting a specific family in that situation. When I turned it on and like one of the early lines is uh, the father is talking about, oh, he says uh, Catholicism is a, a religion of fear. And then it immediately cuts to a Protestant service where he's talking about them burning in hell forever. And Calvin, you've always had something to say about religion on this podcast. And so I expected this movie to be like really about that. And I thought you were going to pop off on this one. But it's really not about that. Uh, like, how do you think the religion plays into the story? Yeah, from a historical context, it really has more to do with that generally Protestants um, were loyalists um, and thought of themselves as being British. And Catholics generally thought of themselves as Republicans and as Irish. And that's where the conflict is. It's not actually about religion. But I think because this is a memory of a child, this is the, this is the only way that a child really understands such an, uh, a difficult topic that has you know, so many sociopolitical, ethnocentric um, ideas around it is just to pit them between Protestants and Catholics because that division already existed in his mind to start saying something about loyalists and Republicans was, those are words that a nine-year-old can't already understand. Like, he's already grappling with the fact that he, um, within his own church idea, which path does he take? Right. So I think it's a good way to to create the idea of conflict without having without having to address it. Because that is, I mean, you, if you really want the context for the troubles, you have to go back like 1,300 years. And I saw that on the Wikipedia right. page. I was like, that's too much for this week. <laughs> uh, Can't dive that deep. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's why I don't have a lot to say about the religion stuff. It was very just, uh, it, it provided humor. And it was very on the nose with the editing for that reason. And then when at the end of that sermon, the, the uh, pastor is like, um, he says, and now money. You're right. And I think it's, it's, it's meant to just be humorous and pull out the absurdity of the situation. But it's, it was a little too over the top for me in that case. So for it to really be about religion. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's more religion is put in there to like set the stage. And like this is just an experience it's like the it's the backdrop to what's going on in the story it's not necessarily the story i mean this isn't a documentary on northern ireland uh and its religious views and uh, the role that played in this child's life growing up but you mentioned the humor in it i i kind of want to dive more into that i thought of this movie as sort of like escapism because like the the theater he goes to and the movies he's going and seeing are in color and it seems to be like this departure away from what's going on in his real life and i thought the humor in this movie operated the same way it was sort of a, it, this is a break from like the pretty heavy context that's in this movie and the serious context of the movie. And to have it broken up with like jokes, I thought it also kind of lended to the seeing this through a child's eyes who someone who maybe doesn't grasp how serious it is and can also find lighthearted moments in his life. So I wonder like how did the humor operate for you guys? Yeah, I, re I mean, I really enjoyed the humor because it was just such a cute, like happy movie but it had all of the jokes landed really well especially with the kind of relationships between buddy and everyone else and buddy's just like being a kid actor and just having like his eyes wide open all the time and being nervous but being excited about all of these things and I do think yeah it led to kind of yeah the magical kind of way he was remembering his childhood remembering going to the movies for the first time I think for him it was really an escape and like considering this is kind of a documentary type or autobiographical, biographical, <laughs> autobiographical. <Cool. laughs> um, <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> for the director, I mean, you can imagine him 
having all of these struggles going on in his life, trying to figure out if he's Protestant or he wants to be a Catholic so he can be forgiven for all of his sins just without having to do the work, really. And, oh, my God. Uh, that was one of my favorite so parts. Funny. Like, <laughs> we could just We could just sin for like two weeks and then go back in yeah. and confess and we'll be fine. Like, and that, like, <laughs> that makes was great. so much sense as a little kid. But you can imagine him going to the movies and thinking, oh, this, this is what I want to do. This is what I love. This is what I'm so interested in. Right. And it is escapist, but that's probably a big part of what led him to do what he did later in his life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. The, the way the humor works is I don't, I think that the, uh, in and of themselves, the things are very funny, but what the film does so well is set up the tension with a slap in the face. I kind of expected that this to be uh, a more or less happy-go-lucky type of movie. That stuff was in the background. The fact that there is a giant riot in the first five minutes of the film to overwhelm his experience of like, this is my neighborhood, what is going on? It's falling apart, I'm caught in the middle of it. Then makes all of these lighter moments that much funnier because it's like, wow, this is such a serious situation. Like this really is uh, real life. This is life or death for some people. Mm-hmm. And this is just a family and how they're how they're dealing with it. I think that's the humor action actually works better, not in just a pure entertainment way, but also as a way to just, explain how to be human in Mm -hmm. dark times yeah no i i like that one of the scenes i thought that executed the humor so well is um they're talking about the tech or the the um was it the rent man man yeah Mm -hmm. uh yeah they're talking about the rent man coming and it's like a it's like a flashback real quick to buddy being like oh i'll get the door mom and like i love his brother like grabs him by like the shirt that's his mom his mom yeah is it his mom (laughs) okay like tugs him away and then they're like hiding like underneath the window and she's covering his mouth and I, I kind of wish there was more instances of that because I, I don't think it's it doesn't make the movie disjointed and it's just a quick little flashback to just show like day to day life. And I think that would have been a it kind of would have played into the theme of escapism as well to show you what life was like for them before these riots and everything were starting. But I was I was bummed that it only happened the one time because I thought it was one of the more funny like editing and uh, humorous bits of the movie. But I, I would have liked that to pop in a little bit more. Yeah. So for me, it was the right amount. Um, I think if you throw in too many of those, it, beca- it becomes less of a, an idea of a memory and more about just a comedy movie. It takes away from what, you, what he was really trying to make with that type of editing because it's a little bit of a gag. What about your twos and three like, rule? Shouldn't it happen two times or three times then? That's a mostly a Hollywood convention, <laughs> and I think it's a lazy thing, really. Because okay. um, I, I think... It, and I, I say it lazy because sometimes it's just like going back and watching things like um, Casablanca. Like that was just how they created, um, you know, that they were so over the top with like twos and threes about like play it again. Sam, like just a, just a fundamental structure that existed. Yeah. It's it's one thing if you if um, if you're creating connections through themes and things are repeating themselves that way. But they're not creating themes they're just creating callbacks and and payoffs and that's to make it as a narrative structure is not it's it's a gimmick which is why it's it's so hollywood okay no i get that i just think if it only happens once then to me it feels out of place it's like yeah. well then then just don't have it in the movie if that's not really if that's not the style you're going for don't yeah, just have I, it one time i agree with that i, I did it felt incredibly out of place for me very funny it, it felt very family guy Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's a, that's yeah, Family exactly. Guy is like the um, the, the magna culpa of, right, like, right. <laughs> of shows that do jump cut flashbacks. Yeah. I just thought it was, 
Yeah, it, it was just such a or non sequitur. That's 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 what that joke is called, non sequitur. It was just such a funny little bit, and I was like, man, I would have liked another one of those. It, it was nice. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was also like right up against Buddy's. Like, oh, I know we're not gonna have Christmas presents. Yeah, we yeah. don't have any money. So like, I liked how every moment like that was like set up against. <laughs> Oh, something bad's happening. Right. But it's kind mm-hmm. of funny. Something else funny is happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's one of my, like I said, it's one of my more favorite parts of the movie in terms of the humor. I would have just uh, liked to see a little bit more of it. Uh, but let's talk about the how it's in black and white. Um, we've talked about other movies like The Lighthouse, and that's in black and white for a different reason. It was supposed to be kind of period accurate, and it used cameras that were, would have been used in that time. It was meant to like feel its age. I thought it was odd that this is color corrected because it's in a time where color TV existed and then to use color throughout the film to um, I think emphasize that escape that he has like at the movies or at the theater I understood the reason for it but I wonder like does this movie change at all did it need to be black and white or do you think the story gets across either way I think in terms of having a memory and you know having this little boy's glamorized vision of you know his mom always looks, you know, so beautiful. And I think, and his dad always is this hero, you know, arriving home and all these things. So for me, the black and white really just, it made all of the individual actors in his life just pop so much more and just be so much more like simple and beautiful. And you could just watch what they were doing um, and like see what was happening. So I, I don't know, I could see it working for that reason. It did feel a little strange because it looked so... I don't know the, the correct movie term, but the shots didn't look like an old black and white movie. They exactly, looked like yeah. a new movie it looks, that was black and white. Yeah, it looks really clean. Yeah. Shot in a modern way, and then mm. just the color was changed, which would be totally different than The Lighthouse, which tried to be like period accurate. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with you for that. Is It feels like if you're going to choose to do a movie without color, it's because you want it to be focused on the characters and not the setting as much. Like Nebraska came out not too long ago, and that's black and white, and it's modern day. And so to me, it's like the focus shouldn't be about what's going on. It's about the characters then. And so I think that's the point of this movie, too. And I think it's also to show the the theater in color like this is the, the brightest part of his memory. So I think it works in that way. Now, and I find that so strange that it is that, that that's where they use color is two two instances, right? The one theater play and then the one movie, right? There are other m- media um, images that are not shown in color. And right. I, I think if we think of, for me, they worked at first as being like, this was the highlight of my childhood. This is such a distinct memory. Then I think that riot should have been entirely in color or like splashes of color, like an explosion. Right. That that type of uh, memory formation being represented by color, I think would have been a really cool idea. It's used too little here. Yeah. I, I liked... Um I think that the best use of the color was Judy Dench's character. She plays Buddy's grandma, and they go to see um, what is it? Not um, Judy Bang Bang. No, it's the play before that. Sorry, it's Scrooge. Oh, Christmas Carol. I want to say Scrooge McDuck, <laughs> 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 but I know it's not. I know it's, it's a based Christmas on Christmas yeah. Carol. <laughs> yeah, a Christmas Carol. Thank you. Um, they go to see the play, and I love the reflection in her glasses. The same color, and the rest of the movie. I mean, the the rest of the setting is in black and white, and that's to me like that's really visually interesting. And and again, I like the idea of this being a memory he had and it's it's bright and vibrant to him. I would have liked some of, like you talked about other media that isn't in color. Um, Star Trek shows up on the TV and it's not in color. I would have liked it. I, I think it would have played into like the theme and the idea of like this entertainment is escaping for him. If that's in color, 
because it's also showing the news constantly and it not being in color, like something he doesn't quite understand, like he knows is important but doesn't really get it because he's just a kid. Almost if it would be fuzzy and blurry. Yeah. That would be really cool, interesting too, like really play up the 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 idea that this is from the perspective solely of a nine-year-old right. boy. I think that I think this teeters on um, the concept of surrealism, but it's still very realistic. Right. There are just some elements that... I don't say I don't I wouldn't I don't call them distracting because they're not they're not big enough. Um, I think that really yeah this is more of an ode and homage. I don't know why you make the color at all if you're not going to be a little bit more with it. Like this is my perspective. These are the things I remember. This is the thing that's a little blurrier. I think that would have been so so interesting because it's not going to affect. I don't think it really affects. Um, all of the stuff that's good about this movie already. And it's not going to be distracting. It's just going to be like really emphasize like nine year olds don't understand, you right. know, like arguments between Republicans and Democrats. You really have to dumb things down for them to understand why division exists in the first place. Yeah. Another thing that I thought about was uh, Buddy's reading a Thor comic. And I was like, put put the comic book in color. Like that would be that would be just a neat little thing to kind of just uh, drive it home more. That like these these are like the nice parts of his memory. Like this is what he remembered most. And I don't want to like change the story if this is kind of autobiographical. Maybe he didn't really care about Thor when he grew up. But but I just think like with the theme of the movie and having kind of this entertainment in color, like that plays more into the theme of the movie. You know, it's also funny because Kent Branagh did direct the 2011 Thor. <laughs> so maybe he did like it. <laughs> no. Yeah. He directed he directed Thor. All right, no, you're totally right. I had to do an in-podcast check, but I I didn't know that he was the director of that. I'll, yeah. never, I'll never doubt you again. So chicken and egg right here, which yeah. came first, the comic or the, the director? Well, and then that makes me think that <laughs> it, it's either the Thor comic book is in the movie to be a nod to something else he directed, mm-hmm. or it's he, was, he loved Thor so much growing up that he was like, I need to direct this. Yeah. Either way, I think it would have been great to have, the, have it in color. Another thing I thought about putting in color, um, like put the sign to the candy shop in color. That's something like a kid would think about. It's something that they would cherish growing up is like, oh, my my local candy store. <sighs> I think that would be just a nice, nice little nods to like kind of pump up the reason why this is in black and white. And the color would help kind of guide the audience in not a super ham fisted way into like this is what was important in his memory. Like this is what he cared about. And again, I, I can't. I'm not going to tell the director he was wrong for telling his own story the wrong way. I just think like those elements would have made the movie more fun for me. And it, and it would have been a, it would have made it more visually dynamic to add more things like that. Yeah. Speaking of the candy shop, that was one of my favorite, like after they, they leave and they're, they're, you know, looking at their spoils. It's like, what did you get? <laughs> a Turkish delight. I love that. You're like, do, do you eat? I don't even like Turkish delight. <laughs> No, yeah, that was there's a there's a bunch of fun little scenes. Uh, I, I love so that they're they're during a riot, the buddy and her cousin are marched back to the yeah to the grocery store to return the what is it the the biological the biological <laughs> the soap, washing yeah. soap. Yeah, I love that that scene is great. He's like, "What'd you steal?" He's like, "It's biological." <laughs> I thought it was great. It's 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 a bit of that humor in like what is really a tense moment, mm-hmm. and to just yeah. have a kid who is confused and doesn't know what's going on, and have the mom walk them back into yeah. a riot like her holding on to all of this discipline and her family walking them back to a riot and then she's like oh we're in a riot right yeah <laughs> like, but i love the way that was shot like there's a level of uh danger to it but there's also a level of intimacy i love how everything feels like it was shot with a love and care for the streets and for the characters you know right 
and you know that they all know each other they really do all know each other yeah you know yeah i think that comes across so well no this movie certainly did a good job of making you feel like it was a real neighborhood Mm -hmm. and it was people who did know each other and you know they're they're always seeing each other in the streets and and i love like um when buddy's being called home at the beginning of the film and there's all of his neighbors are being like oh your mom's looking for you your mom's like wants to see you like yeah like supper's ready or something like that they all knew each other and it didn't matter like they weren't against each other even though this whole conflict is essentially happening like in their backyard like they weren't the problem they weren't they weren't against each other in this and so that was like a cool way to like tie that neighborhood together and, and make it feel more genuine. I also want to. Oh. oh, I was going to say it was super cool. Um, I was looking into some of the the filming um, and they would, you know, the director would encourage them all to play football together. And like so they would have a lot of camaraderie going on off stage, even to the extent where sometimes they would, you know, film some of the moments or like interviews with the kids in secret. So like one of like Judy Dench or someone would pull a kid aside and just be chatting with them and then they'd get a really authentic moment. Oh, I love that. Filmed. And so I think some of mm. these probably were very authentic just they're hanging out in yeah. their life. Oh, that 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 whole sequence actually of um when Moira, his cousin and buddy are talking about the how do you tell a Catholic and a Protestant oh, by their name? This is my favorite parts of the whole movie. <laughs> that 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 reeks of the way that was shot. It feels so authentic. The camera's back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not in their face. It doesn't feel staged. People are moving in and out of the home. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I just the way it's edited too. The way it's just it's just a fixed camera. We just get to experience two characters talking for a little bit. There's a version of this movie where it's cutting between the two cousins and each of their lines and their center screen. It just it's it's just two people, and we just get to experience that. I like that so much better. I've, we've talked about like Hereditary and Midsummer and how it's just it's just done so well because we just get to like linger on people. It's not over edited in a way that in a way that makes the director want you to focus on one thing at a time. It's just like let me see two characters do their thing. Yeah. And I love the way that's done in this. It, it feels like a lot of scenes are this way where it's just mm-hmm. a fixed camera and it's just you experiencing what's going on, which is how it should be. Yeah, and sometimes it's two characters, sometimes it's a third, yeah. you know, hanging in the background. Right. I love that to like reinforce, you know, how close the community is and how I think that's a very Irish thing too to have your kitchen and your garden and everybody's right there. And, and your bathroom you, right and outside. Your, <laughs> and your toilet and your grandma and grandma and your grandma always kind of like, oh, I'm, I hear you. Like, I know everything that's going on. I'm oh, yeah. That, that, you know, like we're not deaf in here. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So that's very cool. I wanted to kind of circle back to that um, kind of the riot, like stealing groceries from the grocery store and everything like that. I really liked uh, Jamie Dornan plays the father in this, and I love the setup that he has like a really good arm because he he throws like the ball and knocks an apple off his son's head, and then later on there's a gun drawn on Buddy and his mother, and he gets a brick and he tosses it and knocks the gun out of the hand. I was like, mm-hmm. I love setup and payoff, and it's such a quick little thing earlier in the film, and it is. It's a little dramatic, but it's a yeah. movie. It's a little hokey. Dramatic. It's yeah. a little hokey, but it fits in with the tone of this movie. Exactly. Even though that's the most one of the most dramatic parts of it. You, I don't think you ever felt at any point that they were in any real danger. No, you didn't. No. And I think like setting it up with the baseball and you're like, oh, of course he's going to do this. And that would probably be how a little boy might remember it, too. Maybe they did get in a more serious mm. fight or maybe he did like hit the guy in the head. We don't know. But the no, little yeah, boy pictures like, like everything, his dad being the hero. Again. Yeah, like yeah. kind of sensationalizing that. And yeah. in, his, in his mind, he'll always remember this amazing moment that mm-hmm. is. Well. And maybe it didn't happen that way. I like that idea a lot that it's it's his own version of what might have happened, yeah. which is great. And, and like Calvin said, it, it totally fits in the tone of the movie because it is. It's it's not like quirky fun movie, but it certainly has like its moments where it, it is just trying to be a good time in what is like a really 
trying and stressful scenario. So I think to have like that that bit of levity in what is a serious situation, I thought it worked. I thought it worked really well. Mm-hmm. So we can move on to the family finally deciding to leave. It's it's a better opportunity. They can move to. It's just outside of London, isn't that where the father's working? Mm-hmm. And you know they get to have their own yard and everything in their own rooms and a bathroom inside. Um, which is just a great little line. I love the grandfather's feeling like there's nothing wrong with having a bathroom outside. Um, but Calvin, you made a point like the the idea of them kind of being an allegory. The grandparents like they're tied to this place. They're a part of the community, and they can't leave. But being able to have the the boys and their parents being able to leave and move on, like how does that play into the story and like kind of the the struggle and like, you know you get tied to a place and you don't want to go but you have a better opportunity somewhere else yeah i think they they represent your community there's a little bit of discord but like still love between the two of them they can't leave because she's been there her whole life he has health problems and then to have him die at the end of the movie it's it really feels like half of my community is dead Right. The ha- other half is mourning. It's never going to go back the way it was, the way I grew up in it. So the, really the only step is to is preservation. Right. I actually, I, I, I'm not going to say I liked that the grandfather passed away before they moved, but I was like, this is going to be so much more heart-wrenching if he has to move and leave both of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, you know, Buddy doesn't, because I think the relationship between Buddy and his grandfather is built up more than that in his grandmother, at least initially because, you know, he's getting help with his maths. Yeah, I, I love. They say that. Yeah, I love. I love the way that he helped him with his maths too. Yeah, he's like, it was, oh, I'm just making it a little blurry. Yeah, it, was, it was not even to like actually teach him arithmetic. It was like it, this is just a little way to cheat on it. To maybe he's like, you know, it increases your odds of getting the answer right. I love that. I thought it was great. It, yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of great, like family moments in this movie, and and that's why I think it worked really well. Uh, and and it does. It functions so well as like a memory. Like this is what he would care about. This is what he would remember. But I, I just think narratively for him moving on and for making the story less sad for what is essentially a pretty serious topic the fact that his grandfather did pass i was like okay this makes it easier for the move i think yeah the whole time i was thinking that there was no way they could leave with both their grandparents there and not take them with them and then yeah so i think that definitely helped a lot and to give them some closure like make them realize like life is moving on people are going to die and we can, yeah, move somewhere else and maybe have a better life for our kids. They'll figure it out. And then, yeah, the last scene with the grandmother kind of just there behind the door was interesting, too. Uh, mm. It's just like it's really heart, yeah. heartbreaking because it's it's like Calvin said, it's like an allegory. Like these are people who are built into the community mm-hmm. that can't leave. And I think the grandfather works the same way as well. It's like even though he's passed, it's like the time has changed, the place has changed. But you can always look back and have a lot of love for that. And, and that memory of that place. Um, and they yeah, had to have the grandmother just there behind the window. Yeah. It was, yeah, it, I think it's a, it's a really good way to like add an emotional punch at the very end of your movie to really drive home. Like this is, this is what the point of it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She lost everything because of a made up conflict. Right. Yeah. I also want to talk about Buddy. Um, before they leave, he goes and meets the girl mm. that he's been interested in. And I just love the little, it's such like a little B plot, <laughs> like trying to get the desk together. I, and I like their their um, presentation on the moon and everything and, and all that is just such a it's a small story but you can tell it was so important to him mm-hmm. and I I just love uh, he talks to his father after and he's like do you think we have a future together even if she's Catholic he's like she could be a practicing Hindu or a, the vegetarian antichrist he's like, as long <laughs> as you guys love each other that's what matters and it's cool because like it's not ham fisted it's not over the top but that's just what the movie is 
And it did just have it spelled out in that way. It's not treating the audience as too dumb to get it. It's just being like, this was the point. Like, this was, this was not about Catholics versus Protestants, really. It was just about caring about each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say that I love I love Buddy in those moments. Like, he, he is such a kid, but he's kind of so, like, wise the whole time. And there, there's the moment when they they tell him to leave, though, and he, he breaks down crying. Like, he doesn't want to leave because he's there. He's got his girl that he's he's got his goals. He's going to do good in maths. Right. It's, like, all very relatable and all very, like, oh, yeah, he's just a little kid. But it is very cute that they both like each other anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. So, Kati, I appreciated you did a little more research into just Belfast and that conflict that is apparently, like, it's it's not over, you know? There's still there's still violence that's occurring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I so I have a couple good friends in Belfast and I've visited quite a few times and it's been one was interesting just at that time to notice that kids my age and people even younger, you know, in, in their teens, they still very much talked a lot about these things or had a lot of strong opinions. Um, some people really didn't like Belfast. They thought it was too dangerous. Um, and then, yeah, I was listening to kind of an, another person's perspective on this on this earlier and she had grown up in Belfast, I think, and then moved out a little bit south of there. And she was on a British curriculum. Her father didn't like Belfast. And so she just never really learned about the troubles. She was just told not to go there. So she didn't even want to know anything about Belfast, even though it was somewhere that she grew up and she had family. And so it's interesting here, too. It's like this director has a very fond memory of Belfast, but a lot of people still don't have that memory. And so I think different viewers at different ages will have a lot of different opinions on this movie. Yeah, I think that's it's kind of like growing up in the States and like no one talked about the Civil War. Yeah. Like a big thing that's like a, a ingrained into this community and then to just not have it be, like you said, a part of the curriculum like that. That would seem strange to me. Yeah, you just don't chat. And yeah, it's strange not to have it on the curriculum. But it's also funny for us. Like we don't just like walk around mentioning the Civil War. I mean, I don't. Maybe some other people do. <laughs> it's all I talk about. <laughs> like, maybe now they do. Yeah. Uh, maybe people, it's coming back. Some people. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Some people like the flags of that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> said flags, said people. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I think it's, like I said, I think this movie is people who are more aware of the history of it and or anyone who lived through it or had a family member who lived through it. Like, I'm, I'm sure that he, I mean, the director probably has told his kids about his time there and, and he's spoken about it and now he's made a movie about it. So it, to be able to interact with like someone's memory in that way, I think is valuable. It's just unfortunate that I just don't know enough about that situation. But I think like this is a good, this would be like a good starting point to if you weren't interested in it and wanted to find out more of the history of Ireland and Belfast. Yeah. I think uh, it also yeah. though makes it more enjoyable movie for us. Cause right. we don't really, we don't have any strong preference about I agree with that. How detailed it is about the troubles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I yeah, not taking like my own baggage into it. Like a if this was a movie about something that happened in an American history, mm-hmm. I would have my own recollection of it or my own. How did I learn about this? What is my opinion on it? So to go into this and be like, you know what, I don't really know anything about this conflict that happened in Ireland, and so let me just experience someone else's experience with it and draw from it what I will. I think that's a good way to think of it. Is I'm not saying you should go into everything not knowing anything about it, but it but it was nice to just get someone else's perspective without taking my own thoughts into it. Especially when that doesn't seem to be the point. It exactly. doesn't seem to be the point about this is commentary on uh, the conflict, more of just this is my memory of it as a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to move into our final thoughts on this. Uh, Katya, what did you think of this film? 
I really enjoyed watching it, which is new for watching movies with Calvin. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're not all bad. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, Overall, no, I, I loved the wisdom we got from the grandfather, all of the family relationships, you know, watching how interesting the camera moved. So, yeah, overall... I thought it was a great movie. Um, I don't know if I will remember it, remember it forever, but I enjoyed it. How many trash can shields do you give this one? <laughs> oh, just one really, really big one. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, out of how many trash can shields? Oh, your standard ten. Ten standard ten. <laughs> ten. It makes yeah. my math easier. Yeah, like a like a, a seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. It was easy to watch. I agree with you. I think that's kind of how I land on it as well. Is it's again, it's a I'm not bringing any of my own feelings into it. It's just to be able to experience someone else's story. I thought it did a great job of that. And it's like, it's so fun and it's so close knit. And to be able to like look at it through someone else's eyes, I, I that's what I genuinely felt. Uh, Cause I didn't realize that the, the director, it was essentially like autobiographical. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I put it on, you get a couple scenes in and I was like, this is someone's story. It's not just someone who did their research and was like you know what i want to write about belfast during this time i was like this is like someone lived this and i thought that the, the fact i didn't even have to do research on it or figure that out and it was just conveyed in the film it made it a lot more enjoyable to me and it made it feel more authentic even though there's kind of like some sensational parts of it and it's in black and white so there's there's clearly like some some change visually it all worked out really well for me but i, I think i'd put it right there with you it was like seven out of ten trash can lids i thought it was it was just a lovely little movie and uh i I didn't like pull a ton out of it, like in terms of personal experience, but it was just cool to see something through someone else's eyes. I thought it was executed really well in that way. Yeah, I think the length of our review really reflects our ideas on the film, that its simplicity means that there's not a lot to talk about. I think what makes it so great is there's a lot of detailed formalism in the way that they've constructed shots, the way that they've gone with black and white. There's a lot of stuff that's just acknowledged but not necessarily discussion-worthy. I don't think that this movie is big thematically because it's a memory, because it's an ode. You know, it's really just... I think that's why the trailer is that song, because that's kind of just what he wanted the tone of the movie to be. Like, this is mostly me remembering family and conflict and the confluence of those two things when I was young. And so it's not to say that that, that this isn't good or that... Um, no, I agree, because I think it could be misconstrued that saying a movie is simple means it's... It's not very good, but but I think you're right. It is simple thematically, and I, I and I think that's it still gets its point across like in spades. So and it's sim it's simple and it's un, in the way it's understated. Uh, you can turn up the knob on something like like the color correction and that sort of stuff and make and turn up uh, make this more surreal. It's it's harder to make it work uh, without being distracting. So to avoid a lot of those means that you don't pay attention to what why details are the way that they are. Um, or that they even exist. And sometimes that that works to a film's uh, benefit. I think that's really what's going on here is I don't think that there's anything in its in your face, but it's all working as a very cohesive piece while you just get to kind of you get to experience this this charming family drama, right. So for me, it's it's like an eight point eight. It's very, very good. yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I like to be all it, it's nice to watch something that isn't like it's not like a big thinker. you know, we're not gonna spend hours and hours writing notes and doing all this research to try and be like what was this movie it was nice to just sit and watch something and be like just be a part of it for a minute yeah and it was intimate and every lesson that it kind of drove across it's just nice to be reminded of all those things yeah none of them were hard to grasp and they all came in a very understandable package it feels like i've watched a lot of 
heavy movies since doing this podcast. So to just be able to like sit back and enjoy something was it was a nice little change of pace. I I know we've uh, we have a podcast coming out of like Requiem for a Dream, and that movie is such a struggle. <laughs> um, so it's nice to sit down and watch something a little more joyful. Uh, but with that, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, Katya, thanks for being on again. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And as always, thank you for being here, Calvin. Oh, thanks for having me. And uh, you can find our podcast on any platform like Apple Music or Spotify. We also upload all these to YouTube. So go ahead and leave a comment. Uh, tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what we're doing wrong. And if you have any recommendations for movies we should review in the future, go ahead and uh, leave it in the comments. And with that, thank you for listening to Now This Is Podcasting. <laughs>